We the bestest cast with the left twist. Fat, barely well dressed. Put me on the guest list. The guest list. Uh, yeah, on the guest list. Yeah. Welcome back to another week of On the Guest List with Box Trot to get down White Sox Dave, Kenny Carkeet, and Dante. For all of you out there who've been bitching about too much Kanye West talk, I guarantee you we will not be talking about Kanye today. Dave, you're, are you happy about that? I'm a little happy about that. Um, I got to finish the second episode still. Uh, oh, you're not even done yet? I haven't caught up because of the move. So uh, I, I got like 10 or 15 minutes left of the second episode. Um, I have been saving the third episode, and that's the final episode, correct? It's the final episode, yeah. Yeah, um, for a time when I can really sit and just zero in on it. So um, welcome to On the Guest List, where we say we're not going to talk about Kanye. I almost said Kenny Carkey. Uh, we'll talk about him later, I'm sure. But Kanye West, where we just spent five minutes talking about Kanye West. I'm fried. Honestly, I'm fried. Like, I have Kanye overload. I need to like clean, like cleanse my palate. I don't need any Kanye. And luckily, we have a guitar-heavy episode today. For all you rock and roll nerds out there who've been bothering me saying you guys talk way too much about rap, you talk too much about Kanye, we have Mark Agnese, the director of fuck, the brand of Gibson Guitars, the biggest guitar company in the world, back on the podcast, a friend of ours, hopefully a partner at some point. I'm excited. The conversation with Mark is fucking phenomenal. And I got to be honest, dude, it, it reminded me of how much I fucking love rock and roll. I've been going through this period of time recently where I've been rediscovering old bands and falling in love with new bands. And I think maybe it's because I've been going outside and I'm back to like doing things that I was doing prior to the pandemic. Yeah, dude, I am fully I, dude today. I was just driving back. I was picking up food for my wife and like fucking Heim. I love the band Heim. The sisters came on, but Tom Petty came on the fucking radio and it was the waiting. And just the, the literally the notes of a Tom Petty song. Like, I almost pulled over. Like, I, I seriously almost pulled over. I was like, God, I fucking miss this feeling. And I'm back in love with rock and roll. I really it, am. It's crazy. Like, so within the digital age with, like, I'm going to go listen to this song, or I'm going to go listen to this artist, or I'm going to, you know. I haven't listened to the radio, just like terrestrial FM radio in so long. And my commute until a week ago is like five minutes. So you have time for one song anyways. But um, in the move, I was in the car a fuck ton. And my brother, I my brother had my car a little bit last weekend. He couldn't figure out how to connect his phone to the Bluetooth. So he just had it on the radio. And it was 97.9, which is our rock station out here. And um, they were just playing the hits. And I was like, fuck, man. I haven't listened to uh, like Led Zeppelin, whoever was playing. I'm like, I haven't listened to this song in probably five plus years and i love this fucking song whatever like whatever x song it was you know so i feel you loud and clear there i love that i mean i went back and just listened to nevermind by nirvana the whole record at the gym today i am deep in a rock and roll bag and i did a whole video on the band turnstile who are this fucking amazing band that's having this unbelievable blow up over the past couple months just to jimmy kimmel that band might have literally like set me back on a track to where like to be completely honest, like I was starting to have thoughts about whether or not I loved rock and roll anymore or if I just made it. Like, am I in this genre? Like, do I care anymore? And it turns out I still really do love it, man. You can't beat fucking two guitars and a bass and drums and a singer that kicks ass. You can't beat it. And like Mark's conversation helped me like remind me of that. So that's actually so Mark's conversation, which we'll get to in a minute. Um, so as we were talking to him, I went to the Gibson garage website and I was taking kind of like a mini virtual tour, 
trying to multitask a little bit. And some of my favorite YouTube series are, are mini desks concerts. Yeah. And then the, uh, it's live at TR, uh, Roberto's. Yeah. Live at Roberto's. Um, so slightly stupid did a, um, uh, a live show there and it's just them smoking weed and like in between songs and sets, they would just have conversations and it was them and Cheech and Chong. And, um, I, so I, I'm, I'm like, man, I haven't, this is like my all time favorite. It's two hours long. And I have watched this dozens of times, but not in years. And I had that tweet the other day. I know uh, our, our brand account retweeted it. It's like, it's getting towards slightly stupid season. Cause I can't listen to them in the winter. I need to, I need to be outside, like enjoying the weather, you know? And it's getting closer to that last weekend. It almost hit 70 here. So like everything about it, like I, I have those cycles too, is what my long little thesis was right there. And I'm back in too. I'm back Man. in. It's funny too. Cause now we're getting back to playing shows. We have our first hometown headline since the pandemic next week. I can't fucking wait to be in a packed room with everybody. And I also want to give a shout out to friends of the program. OAR who just announced their own festival in Maryland. Oh which I've already talked to those guys. We're going to be there and I can't fucking wait. For I, it. So Mark hit me up uh, yesterday or the day before. And he said that to me. Uh, so they're playing at Highland park and their keyboardist is from Highland park. Highland park's a suburb of Illinois. It's very, very wealthy suburb. Like Michael Jordan lived there and everything, but um, they're playing up there uh, and for his hometown. And I'm like fucking sold, you know, but yeah, that's awesome. They're playing back at in DC back in their, um, most of the bands neck, neck of the woods. And I, I would love to be out there for it. We have to be, man. I, I'm glad to see everybody getting back out on the road. I'm happy to see people getting back to normal. And I'm glad that my taste is reverting back to what it used to be. Well, not used to be, but it still is. But like, I don't, I'm having a moment. I'm getting creative again. I'm, I'm fucking feeling the rock and roll edge. I'm ready to fucking... I'm going to break some bottles on stage next week, man. I'm excited. And uh, I'm really happy about the way the conversation with Mark Agnesi went. So let's go into our conversation with Gibson Guitars, Mark Agnesi. All right, ladies and gentlemen, on the guest list today, we have a returning guest. He was one of our first guests at the beginning of the podcast, and he's back. One of the head guys over at Gibson Guitars, you may know him from Norman's Rare Guitars, Mr. Mark Agnesi back in the building. Mark, how are you, buddy? What's happening? Good to Happy be back. Good to see you guys again. Happy Good to see you, brother. One of the first things we talked about last year was that Dave was going to start playing the guitar, and I had to bring this up yes. first because I want your opinion. Dave's playing Fenders. Give me your opinion. <laughs> I knew that was coming. <laughs> you got to start somewhere. You know, it's fine. Nah, I'm just playing. I like Fender guitars, too. Yeah, I know. Like, once you get to that level, I feel like you can't. It's like, is is a Lamborghini dealer going to talk shit about a, a Bentley dealer? It's like they're, you know, it's the cream of the crop regardless. You can't, it can't be like, oh, that's an inferior machine. I mean, it's just, that was just it was um, the first guitar I saw. And I liked the color. I'm like, boom, that's the one. So okay. I'm a fan of all guitars, man. If it's cool, it's cool facts and i mean well i think one of my questions there would be so he's playing a mexican strat what would yeah. you like say this was a used car situation what would you put him in comparatively if you were giving him a gibson what would you what would you suggest mm. well you know import guitar prices are different than american guitar prices you know but i'd put him in like a les paul studio smart Love or that. maybe an sg special or something like that depending on how he can handle the weight 
You know, I don't know if he <laughs> went around that kind of weight of a Les Paul. You might need an extra. I'll say this. I just went for a run. It was the first time I've ran in over a year because I got a Peloton, not to brag. And I was like, I took the dog out. He's crashed right now. I went like four miles and I was cruising. So I can lift anything you put on my back right now. Les Paul Custom. I'm thinking Les, Les Paul, Paul Custom, custom. baby. That's what I'm talking about. I follow you guys. I follow a bunch of guitar accounts on Instagram now. And uh, yeah. God, I forget the name of the one. It's um, actually, no, I think it was Marty Schwartz. And I'm sure you know, yeah. Love and, um, he, uh, I think he was playing one of the uh, Angus Young customs or Stevie Ray Vaughan customs or something. And he's like, yeah, this is a $50,000 guitar. So if you want to send me one of your $50,000 guitars, I will play it very poorly for you. And the dog will probably eat it and piss on it or something. But I'll, I mean, you could send me one. You know, what's crazy is those really expensive ones sell out immediately really they don't they don't stick around for very long i think it was an adam jones probably because i know he's got an adam jones silver burst custom what is it yeah. with the what is it with the more expensive guitars that sell quicker than than the less expensive guitars i mean the we we have a large uh amount of collectors that go after stuff and when you make cool stuff in small quantities they go fast and and then they start you know those Adam Jones guitars were 10 grand and they sold out that day. And the next day they were 20 grand on, you know, reverb and eBay. Oh, and yeah. You know, it's just try to limit that. Like this, the, the, you know, basically ticket scalping. You know, it's, it's a weird thing. It for for starters, it's cool. The power, it shows you the power of the brand mm -hmm. that we can come out with something. And, and, and the next day it's it, people are asking double for them. Um, but that's just the nature of the beast, especially right now, because there's just such a shortage still. No one has caught up yet uh, to having inventory since COVID, man. It's just, who would have thought that a global pandemic would spark the guitar? But it's, it happened, and I mean, we're, we're grateful for that. But uh, yeah, we're still playing catch up, as is everyone else. Well, there was an article last year that came out, I think like shortly after we had spoken, but it was basically saying that sales for guitars had basically skyrocketed. They were at highs for recent memory. Like, were you guys hit by that? Oh, yeah. It's, it's, it's crazy, dude. I mean, I, we're also talking about, you know, four years ago, they were writing articles talking about the death of the electric guitar, if you remember all that stuff. Oh, yeah. And, you know, talk about a swing. Uh, over the course of a couple of years, it's uh, it's in it's incredible. No, I saw I saw some crazy statistic like right now. I think they said like one out of one hundred people in the United States started playing guitar during COVID. What? Like one percent of the population of the United States started playing guitar. I actually looked this up the other day. I was I was <clears throat> trying to. It was, I was looking up Ukraine stuff, and we all know that's mess. But um, uh, the population in the United States is about 333 million, or 330 million. That would mean 33 million picked up a guitar during the pandemic. So one of the good things that come out of the pandemic, I guess, if we're trying to find silver linings, right? Well, I, what's really exciting to me is what's going to happen five years from now. You know, mm -hmm. when all this these new people that just picked it up. Sure. You know. There's, you know, everyone's been talking about how guitar music's gone away and stuff. That many people 
can't start playing and nothing happen because of it within the next five years. There's, there, there has to be, and there's going to be some kind of resurgence of guitar in mainstream music. I know it's coming. It, it has to. There has to be a direct effect uh, on popular music by this boom in guitars. It's just inevitable, which is awesome. And I'm looking forward to, I'm looking forward to when that happens, you know? Me, me too. And I think like looking at it, first off, perfect time for you to get to Gibson. I mean, like you kind of got lucky there and hit it right on the fucking head. But when yeah. we had, when we had first started talking last year, you said you were kind of like trying to figure out your spot at Gibson. Like you had basically come to the company and you didn't exactly know what it was that your role was going to be right away. You were kind of figuring out as you went along, like, do you feel like you've kind of worked your way into where you're supposed to be at at the company? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's established now. Uh, I keep saying my job title has changed and I'm now the director of home furnishings. <laughs> uh, like, man, there's a lot of uh, design projects I'm doing right now um, all over the world. And it's a lot of furniture and you want to talk about pain in the ass getting furniture right now. I think you were talking about getting a new house or something man furniture takes forever it's no joke so i just moved into my place and and dante who just hopped on with us um he texted me like a day or two before i i moved in and he's like hey i got a bunch because he just moved a couple months ago and he's like hey i got a bunch of stuff we're getting rid of if you want <laughs> and i was at uh i was at the furniture store and i was like sitting on the last couch they had available and i was trying to get dante on the phone because um it was either get his stuff or buy this couch or wait. Like it was like 12 weeks just to get a couch. What? It's so backed up right now. Oh, it's awful. Dude, that's, that's actually like shorter lead time than it was during the summer. I'm, yeah, get, I'm, I'm getting, getting rid of stuff. Because three months ago right now. Yeah. It's nuts. I, first off, Dave, you're getting Dante's hand-me-downs is a fucking awesome story. I love that. Oh, I'm all about no, it. No, it's it's nice stuff that if it were up to me, I would not be getting rid of. But my fiance, of course, just loves to spend money. So <laughs> we need new stuff. New place, need new stuff. So Dave's what? locking out. Well, Mark, obviously, when we mean you had a conversation the other day, one of your big furnishing projects is the Gibson Garage, which, of course, opened in Nashville. Yeah. I guess part one of that question is how has the garage been in Nashville and two, where else are you putting one? Well, uh, garage in Nashville kind of blew our expectations out of the water, you know, and uh, we get a lot of, a lot of people come in and I, I, I guess it's probably the biggest compliment is just like the people walk in and they go like, how is this not always here? It, it just, it, 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 People who come there feel like it's it's already been there for ten years, and it's been a part of Nashville, which is which is really cool. And what what we hoped it would be, you know, is this kind of destination for people to come hang out and check out cool guitars. And people are doing it, you know. It's uh, it's really cool. So yeah, that's uh, given me the opportunity to start working on uh, some other ones, which is cool. Can you say where they are, or is that still under wraps? Um, still a little bit under wraps, but, uh, not in the United States. Let's just say that I'm working on, working on some, uh, a couple right now abroad. Uh, but you know, we have, we have plans for where we would like to see some and, uh, you know, I can, 
I can only order so many sofas at one time. You know, I gotta, I gotta space out the sofa purchases because uh, my Amex is getting it's getting all spent up. You know, <laughs> but yeah, there's there's gonna be some some cool stuff uh, coming here soon. I'm really excited about it. But yeah, who would I? I used to be a guitar player. Yeah, back now, in the day. I, I can't. Who, when did this happen? But it happened. You know? when, when did it happen? Like, when did the switch go for you, really, from being a guitar player to a guitar connoisseur to a guitar fucking branding expert? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. When I was at Norm's, I thought, like, man, I suck now. Like, I was doing guitar the day every day then. Like, I was learning. Yeah, it just got into a thing where you'd learn songs. Like, it's like, I need three songs for tomorrow. I'll figure out three songs to do. Uh, and you learn three songs and like that became really easy, but that's not like guitar playing. I thought my chops went to hell then. Now it's like, Oh God, I won't let anybody hear me play. I don't have any time, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know how it happened somewhere in the course of guitar of the day. You sit and talk about it long enough. People start to start to trust you. Yeah, I guess so. And I mean, guitar of the day obviously launched you kind of on the internet. It kind of became like your, Totally. It got so it got so many people interested. One in the guitar and two vintage guitars. And I, I one of the questions I did have written down here was, like, what at Gibson do you feel like you guys are getting ready to do, or is there content that's kind of like aimed towards new guitar players, like something to get people interested in the brand? Like, because I know you guys have such a big heavy collector base, but like, what what's the initiative for like the the Daves of the world, the people who just learned to pick up a guitar? You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. So I mean, a couple of things. First off, my other thing that I do, Gibson TV. Mm-hmm. is i i think a big a big part of that because you know we don't we make tv shows we don't make demo videos of new products and most of the shows that we do really have nothing to do with with selling guitars we have a new show that's coming in a couple of weeks that we've been working on for two years now that i'm so excited about um that's going to be premiering on the 24th of march called metal and monsters Ooh. Um, which is like one part heavy metal culture, one part horror movie culture. Uh, we shot it at this beautiful theater in downtown LA. It's it's our most uh, ambitious show so far. But you're like that has absolutely nothing to do with guitars, zero. Right. But I, I feel like you know uh, the content that we produce right now is is really a brand equity exercise you know we don't monetize the channel we don't it's, it's about casting this big net and seeing who we can bring in and then hopefully at some point once they're in the net here they'll get interested and want to pick it up and, and that seems to be working <coughs> the other thing the gibson app with our with our learning technology the augmented reality you know guitar lessons and stuff is is really the other way to kind of you know help keep people in there i mean we were talking about how many people picked up a guitar it's also like eight out of every 10 people that pick up a guitar that thing will be in the closet you know six months from now so it's it's really up to us to to make sure that people stay engaged with it and and have fun doing it and now don't you know they say yeah play the guitar not struggle the guitar not work the guitar you know it should be fun you should be playing the guitar so you know that is another way i think that we try and try and keep the next generation, you know, interested in it. I actually remember you uh, you saying that last year. We interviewed you, I think it was last January, so a little over a year ago. And um, I remember it, it was it was like, 
it was so up what I do, like my personal alley, because you're like, we're not like doing a TV show about guitars. The guitars are kind of just there. It's more about the personalities and the content behind the guitars and, and in media and, and especially the digital age and the social media age, that's like, that rules the day right now is, is personal. No, the story's everything, man. The story, exactly. and there's so many stories that are attached to guitars that really don't have anything to do with the guitar that I find far more interesting right than, yeah you know the guitar itself you know and those are the stories that that we like to try to tell and it seems to be it seems to be working but yeah melon monsters i hope you guys check that out it's it's uh it's epic i can't wait to watch that and i'm glad that you said that the story behind the guitars is more interesting because to me like i've seen so much guitar content where it's just reviewing guitars like there's yeah. so much on YouTube where it's just like this is the new Fender Stratocaster and this is all of its features. I want totally somebody... necessary. It's absolutely. Necessary. I get that, but that's not what what our vision was, you know. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. And are you guys gonna like? Is there ever a thought of resurrecting Guitar of the Day for Gibson? Uh, no, no, I, I'm not really interested in getting myself into that again. To be perfectly honest, because that kind of ruled my life for three years. Um, yeah, and that is just not enough stuff. At a vintage right. guitar store, dude, there's just an influx of stuff coming in, and you know, every day there's something new came in. So, it, you know, that would it would be the guitar of the day for like a month and a half, and then we would have done everything. You know, so uh, I don't think we're really going to be doing that. But it, it, storytelling is is what I want to do, and that's what we've been doing, and we just keep rolling out new new shows and and uh see what people gravitate towards but you know four or five of them are really working so far so I, I think batting average is still pretty good there you go who interests you in guitars today like what guitars do you find yourself gravitating towards oh we probably talked about it last time i love marcus king oh yeah i think uh i think marcus king is the real deal uh, the whole package singing songwriting guitar playing just really really special he's probably my favorite right now yeah people ask me that my mind always goes blank love um love nick perry good nick friend of mine. the man dude his, the new the new underground thieves record is going to be uh spectacular and uh he's really making stuff that doesn't really fit a particular mold or genre it's just it 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 just is and i i love it i think it's really really great stuff and killer guitar player one one of the one of the best of my generation for sure just he's one of he's one of the reasons i picked up the guitar the silver tide record he's from my neighborhood oh in philly yep oh that silver tide record man that was my favorite thing in the world when that came out I bought it by like just it was on a rack at the Pat's Music across the street from my house, and it was like local Philly favorites, and I fell in love with that record. And so him and Walt Lafty are like hometown heroes to me. And so yeah. hearing like seeing Nick really utilize the internet the way that he has has been really really intelligent because he's one of the best guitar players in the world. So awesome. Got signed by Clive Davis when he was sixteen years old. Yep. I mean, come on, like in a rock band, which was not necessarily happening at that time either so you is know that, that tells you a lot years old too what'd you say is it marcus king only like 20 or 22 years old too he's in his in like or, or mid-20s i think mid-20s it yeah. so, let me ask you this is so i mean you're obviously active on social media and everything 
when I pull up like the search function on Instagram, it's guitar, 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 hot chick, food account, guitar, guitar, guitar. And I've stumbled upon so many random people that'll just sit there and play a lick. And I'm like sitting there watching it on loop over and over and over again. Have you stumbled upon anybody and been like, yo, come to the garage, um, come pick up a Gibson, like just random people that might have a few hundred followers, you know? Um, There's a whole department of, of our team that, that does that kind of stuff. Okay. And I, you know, I, that's not necessary. If I see something, I, I spotted this, this, this kid, he's maybe eight years old that lives in South Africa. I can't even pronounce his name. I'm not, I'm not even sure how to say it, but I passed it along to the ERT. I'm like, this kid is stupid. Like just had the absolute best right hand feel I've seen in a long time. And he's a child. I was like, this, this is spectacular, but yeah, I don't, I don't get it. You know, I, I've kind of distanced myself from social media over the last couple of years. I'm just over it. Um, you know, I, I, did it, I did it hard for a long time and I just got burnt out on it. Nobody cares what I have to say anymore. You know, <laughs> I think we've all hit that phase in our lives where none of us want to be on the internet anymore. But like, I think perspective, like we all have to fucking do it. We and have to, but yeah, I don't want to do it anymore. I'm oh. over. <laughs> Dante totally hates the internet. It. Dante fucking hates the internet, dude. Yeah, but Dante's like he he brings it upon himself at the same time. Oh yeah, Dante's a keyboard warrior when he gets hyped, dude. I love it. Like here, here's an example. So this is just this is just some random search function. Like I'll watch these videos of these kids and this, it says this kid's 16 years old and he's just dominant. He looks like a little math nerd, you know, just dominating <laughs> Stevie Ray Vaughan right there. Like that, like that's the kind of shit that I appreciate, you know? I used to be like that when I was a kid too. And, and that's why it's so beneficial to start when you're a kid. Cause you don't got fucking anything to do, man. There's like zero responsibility in your life and you come home from school and dedicate the next four hours of your night to just wailing on, uh, on learning stuff. And yeah, the, the, the kids are incredible these days and they have more access to the information. Right. For sure. For sure. Than ever. I remember I had to go to like Sam Goody at the mall yeah. and beg my mom to buy me the, you know, master of puppets well, tab book that was sitting yeah, there for like well, what, seven years. Exactly, I'm like, like, Oh, will you buy this for me? What about lessons? <laughs> like kids can now just pull up lessons on YouTube and I mean, money, time on demand. I mean, there's just so yeah. much more access. Yeah. First off, all the tabs are pretty much there. And now you got guys like Marty Schwartz and all that stuff that will just sit there and in five minutes, just like break it down for you and teach you how to play it. Dude, I've it's, talked to uh, Marty Schwartz. You know, more than anybody, I mean, not actually, like I've been sitting there fighting with my computer with Marty Schwartz on it more like for hours and hours and hours on end. Like, how the fuck is he doing this? You know, he's the best. Marty is by far the greatest guitar teacher that the Internet has ever known. And probably more people have learned how to play guitar from Marty Schwartz than like anyone. It's, he's, I, he's a legend. He is an absolute that's legend. That's awesome. And he's only been around, I mean, I'm sure you, you know him personally, right? Yeah, I know Marty pretty well, yeah. Um, <laughs> I was actually making fun of him the other day because I hate his hats. Tell him to just yeah. wear the hats. Um, that's a joke. You can wear whatever fuck he wants. But, like, he's got millions of subscribers on YouTube. It's on demand. 
obviously he's making his money off of it because, and, but it's free to the consumer. So it works out for everybody, you know? Yeah. It's man. Had I been a kid growing up today, I probably would be way better than I am now. I mean, I should be way better than I am now. The one thing that does anyway, but you know, the one thing that does interest me about the young generation, though, and I mean, it kind of book bookends the conversation in a weird way, because we're talking about how there's more information, more people are picking up guitars than, more than ever. But do people have the want to go play it live when they could just play it on their computer? Do you, you know what I mean? Like play through social media. I don't know. Media. That's, you know, you don't have to be uh, in a band to be a star anymore, you know? So there's, yeah, I think there's a lot of people that will never never do it in front of people because they can do it in front of millions of people by, you know, doing it at home. I mean, I did learn, I learned that on guitar of the day. It's like, Oh, like I wake up the next morning and 50,000 people watched it. And it's like, yep, I just played guitar for 50,000 people. Like that's, that's a sold out. That's, that's a, that's a, a big venue, man. That's two yeah. MSG. So it's like there's, and, and, and they found ways to monetize it. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know if playing know. in a band is the the end goal. Like when we were like, I, I wanted to learn how to play guitar so I could get in a band and, and go play shows. You know, I, I just think the I think it's probably 50 50 now. I mean, it, especially after the pandemic where we couldn't play shows for a couple of years, these youngest musicians who were coming up and getting famous now, they didn't even come up in a world where that was an option. Now that's like, do you want to go do it or you just want to sit at home and monetize at home? You don't have to go anywhere. I don't know. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a weird dichotomy going forward. It is, it is a weird thing. And yeah, doing it from home, you don't have to deal with all the other bullshit that is involved in For going sure. out and, like singers and <laughs> club owners and set up and tear down and stuff. You know, there's definitely benefits. Yeah. You but know? you miss Obviously, out on a lot like of the fun see, shit though. Yeah. I'd love to see people on stage playing guitar more, but dude, I don't care. However, however it gets out, whatever inspires people to want to pick it up and play it. Uh, I'm more concerned with the, with the health of the guitar in general uh, is the, is the most important thing to me, you know? Yeah. And I mean, you guys are doing a great job at Gibson. You were just telling me the other day, you were working with Mike Campbell of the heartbreakers and you're coming out with a new signature line, which kind of leads me to a question of who else do you want to work with? Like who's who, what guitar players would you want to make a signature model for that don't have one yet? That don't have one yet or don't have one currently. Don't have one currently. I want Keith. I want Keith Richards. He's my, he's my guy. Yeah. And he's never had, he's never in his entire career had a signature. Anything. No, he's never put his he has never put his name on something before. He's never had a signature guitar, signature amp, signature pedal, nothing. I'd love to crack the Keith code while um, while he's still uh, on top of his game. Because what does would he be, play? Re- would be really cool. Does he play three thirty fives Gibson wise? Keith plays everything. He has everything. I mean, I saw the Stones when they were here in Nashville, and I and I know some people in the camp and stuff. He played a lot of Les Paul Juniors and he played a lot of Telecasters. And uh, I think that's because weight is starting to become an issue for him. He played his Black 355 for, for one song and he had a good time with it, but then it, it went back. I, I, I really think he has to play stuff that he can, you know, these guys are, 
they're old, man. God bless them. They're still doing it. And, and thank God they are. But like, you know, they can't sling around 10 pound guitars anymore. You no. know, so. Um, like a month back, I forget who it was, but I was reading something where I want to say it was, it was Gibson offers, it might've been Gary Rossington. And he's like, honestly, I, I had to turn it down because like, I didn't think I deserved that as a musician. Like we were so short lived for Leonard Skinner. I forget exactly who it was, but they, he, they were offered a signature model. I want to say Gibson that would have just like, it would have flown off the shelves. And he's like, out of respect, like he was honored <coughs> Thing, but he's like no like i don't deserve this so we turned I'm not sure. we've done a couple guitars uh we did gary's uh burst and we did his sg we've done that was many many years back so we have done some some rossington stuff i'm not sure who said that i'm not sure who that was has anybody ever turned you down for a signature model hey you know signature models are a, a weird thing we have so many artists that we want to do stuff with and we have so much demand to just make other stuff they, it, stuff just keeps getting pushed back i think our artist our artist calendar is good to like 2029 right now like Jesus. we know like the next five years of what's what's coming so it's it's one of those things we're not even really actively trying to pursue stuff right now because it, it would be it would be a decade before we could because we <laughs> before we could get to it you know so uh we do release a lot of artist stuff though like every month we've got something but it's just it's a lot of stuff what do we got to do to put you in touch with keith richards yeah that's a good question uh keith needs to come to the garage we need to spend the afternoon together and just, all right so, so on the guest list mark agnesi and keith richards come to the garage together Oh, yeah, let's do that. Can you hook that up? Let me call some people. You know what's funny? Kenny toured, Kenny played with, Kenny toured with the Stones. Really? Yeah. He's in AWOL Nation. He did nothing for AWOL, but like he was there. He was on. Did you get to meet Keith? (laughs) Yeah. He played, I want to say he played four shows with them in the like Pittsburgh, uh, whatever their football stadium's called, Heinz Field or whatever. Yeah. Um, he played four shows with them with AWOL, yeah. Yeah, and I'm sure Kenny has Keith's number on fucking speed dial. He probably does, <laughs> honestly. Fuck Kenny. Yeah, I've had some friends here that have got to play with him and stuff, and they say he's as cool as you would, as cool as you would, would hope, which is awesome. I no, love I that. Did, who did we, in, we interviewed someone like, like probably, probably around the new year right after, where um, they had a Keith Richards story, and they're in L.A., um, it was like off day or they, they were done with the show and someone walked in on Keith Richards, uh, smoking weed. And he's like, do you want any of this? He's like, actually, you can't have it. This is my weed. This is my strength. <laughs> no one touches this, but me, this is only for Keith Richards. Like he didn't say it that douchey, but it was like, you're right. You're Keith Richards. I'm not touching that. That is yours. Like he like bent to me real quick. That's really all I want in life. I've, it's I've, probably true. I've long said this. I've never smoked weed before, but if I was going to, I think Keith Richards would be a good first person to do it with. Or a really bad one. I don't know. One of the two. You probably got good stuff. Yeah, I don't think Keith Richards yeah. is smoking some Reggie shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> Keith Richards out here smoking Keith Richards' own strain. 
But uh, Mark, we've kept you long enough, man. Uh, besides the uh, new show coming out, what else is coming through the pipeline for Gibson right now? Oh, well, collection with Mike Campbell's coming, which will be great. Got some good collection episodes coming this year. A lot of them are being held. I've already filmed them, but they're being held back for specific reasons for release. A couple big icons releases uh, coming up. Noel Gallagher's icons is going to be epic. Ooh, and, yeah. Nice. Got to film that at Abbey Road. Um, in what? Studio Dude. 2 at Abbey Road. When, when was that? That was uh, the end of January. I was over in London for that. And it was. What's, I, he, like I, to, what's he like to work with? Is he difficult or is he a nice guy? I don't know what I expected going in, but he was just the nicest guy. He, he, I, I, you know, I do the interviews for icons. I'm not on camera and you never hear what I say, but I do the interviews. I laughed out loud like five times during the course of the interviews. Hilarious. He made like three Wonderwall jokes throughout the course of the interview. I think he ended, I think he ended it on a Wonderwall joke too. It was, it was awesome. Uh, yeah, that's coming that's going to be great a lot of uh other cool guitars coming throughout the course of the year no nah, there's just lots of everything man it's it's an exciting time to be over here i'm happy to be here we're happy for you man you, you they couldn't have picked a better person to help lead the brand uh, everybody go check out gibson tv hit the garage if you're in nashville i know we're going to be down there we're excited to get there excited to, to cannot see wait yeah we'll go hang cannot wait we're going to hang. I'm taking uh, the, a little virtual tour as we speak. I'm in, on the website, and this is just the coolest place ever, man. Oh, it's better in person. I'll take you to I'm, it. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. I've never actually been to Nashville. So, and it's not like it's far from Chicago. It's, you know, hour flight, not a far yeah. drive even. Probably four or five hour drive. So. Weather's just about to start getting good here. Once the weather's good, and then, yeah, it gets nuts. We'll be make we'll make sure to hit that. We'll have a couple of beers down in Nashville. See the Gibson Garage. Talk all things guitars. Mark, we'd love to have you back soon, man. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me again. All right, so that was our interview with our friend Mark Agnesi. Go visit the Gibson Garage in Nashville, Tennessee when you're down there. Go buy all their guitars. Look for all the artist series that they're working on and all the new content that Gibson is pumping out on Gibson TV. Great guy, friend of the program. Hopefully part... I want to work with them so badly. I really do. Time do it. heals all, and we will be working with him on a professional level sooner than later. Goddamn right, dude. And we're going to get you fixed up with a nice guitar. I love the part of the conversation where he was like, I don't know if Dave can handle the weight of a Les Paul. And you were like, listen here, motherfucker. I, I just ran never Les Paul. They are heavy. They're very heavy. Yeah. There, there's What are we talking like, his and, and I understand that if uh, I, I forget the example he used, uh, it might have been Keith Richards or someone yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, where they're getting up in age. These guys are touching 80 at this point. And, you know, I can see where someone of that age, you know, it's hard to carry shit around for two hours oh, yeah. for a show. And it's hard anyways. It's hard for fucking anybody. Like you will see these guys sweating their dicks off on stage. But um, I was like, really? How heavy can it be? But yeah, I, I am working on my personal studio. Um, that's next on the bucket, or not bucket list, but that's next on the agenda for me in the move is getting that room all situated. I'm going to soundproof it. I'm going to have like actual oh, yeah. fucking microphone uh, desks. I'm going to have my amps in there. Um, so it's going to be a cool spot. 
wait till you start to like pick up different guitars and you start to feel the back end weight of like uh, an SG, which feels like a fucking feather, like a like a feather. And then you pick up a, a backloaded, heavy ass Les Paul custom and it's just like a fucking brick, dude. Guitars are thing. And Mark's an amazing guy, and we're happy he was on and that. We'll definitely have him back. But uh, let's go into some – dude, he is doing cool shit. I'm glad. Like, he's yeah. a really cool guy to watch his career, like, kind of progressive the last Europe. couple of years. Yeah, well, he was at uh, – what's the fucking place called in L.A.? Norm's Rare Guitars. Yeah. He was just a dude who worked there and then all of a sudden was, like, making viral internet content every day. Sick. I love that fucking is it, Yeah, and someone who works on the internet. The internet's my job. Like, I, I'm not saying I'm good at it. But I kind of know what's good and what's bad. And, like, that guy, he gets the internet. And for you, an industry you, like that, it's super important, you know? You underestimate yourself your ability at the internet. You know your role and you do it well. I do know my role. Um, but, like, I, I don't know how to fucking build a social media account, you know? Like, I, I suck at that shit. Yeah, but, you, you, yeah, but your personality is – it's not an act. Everything you do is who you are. Like, I can't stress that enough. But like, yo, can we talk about this real quick? That picture of you last night at the Blackhawks game and people were coming at your hair. First off, it wasn't even that bad of a fucking picture. And second off, yo, everybody else, fuck off. Like, <laughs> Dude, I didn't even notice it because we got so, we were in a suite. Um, shout out Dave Hockberg, my mortgage lender. I've become friends with him and his company owns a suite. So yeah, I think they hold like probably 25 people or so. And, um, so he, he, it's basically my suite at this point, which is awesome. But they have it for any concerts, uh, Bulls games, Blackhawks games, whatever's coming. The circus, if you know, I wanted to go to the circus, which actually could be kind of fun. I've never been to the circus, but um, he, uh, so he invited us. It's all you can eat, all you can drink, top shelf liquor. So obviously, I got to get my free money worth. And um, I didn't even notice it until this morning. But so. Uh, Dylan, I don't know a fucking thing about this sport of hockey. I can name like, <laughs> a couple players on the Blackhawks, and if you're really good, then I've, I've, I, like, I've, uh, like Alex Ovechkin. I know who Alex Ovechkin is. Like those players that are that good, I know who they are. Other than that, nobody. Dylan Strom had a hat trick last night. So all the and it was like right as time expired, third period's done. Um, they won eight to three. I think they fucking killed the Anaheim Ducks. So we're in the we're like looking down like from God's eye on the stadium and he scores the hat trick and chief who was with us just ripped my hat off and threw it into the crowd, which I didn't give a shit. It was, right. it was a barstool hat. Like it was funny, but I had fucking hat hair. No one's hair looks good. If you're wearing a hat. Oh, if I'm wearing a hat, I never take it off. I don't, I do. Yeah. You got hat hair. It's bullshit. Got hat hair. So everyone's like ripping on me. Um, a lot of the comments were like, you like, you're balding. I'm like, I'm not really balding. My hair just sucks. I, I, I had hat hair. That's all there was to it. And people, the internet is mean. You know what? The internet is mean. Yo, hold on a second. We got to talk about that picture you sent us last night. Did you meet Kirk Hammett? <laughs> Dude. So I was with, if everybody, you are, you know, who Dick Buckus is right. Yes. I know who Dick Buckus is. Okay. Dick Buckus like legend NFL player, all-time great Chicago Bear. Uh, he's a god in this city. It's like Michael Jordan, Walter Payton, like Ernie Banks for the Cubs, Billy Williams for the Cubs, and 
couple Blackhawks players, and then Dick Buckets. Like, he's on the Mount Rushmore of Chicago athletes, and his son was in the suite, who I've met a bunch of times at this point. He's, like, 40, and he's, like, he walks in, and he – they're, like, no bullshit family. Like, they're not, like, yuck it up with the boys. They're, like, straight as an arrow, no bullshit. And he's, like, that's Kirk Hammett from Metallica. And I'm, like, that doesn't look – I don't think that is. But he looked like a rock star. Yeah, so, he did. Uh, he had like the rock star like vibe about him. And I'm like, so I asked him, I'm like, you're not fucking Kirk Hammond, are you? And he's like, and he was like, it was, I could, he wasn't, it didn't seem like he was going out of his way to lie and like fuck around with people. So I like, obviously I Google imaged it and everything. And I'm like, maybe he gets dressed up for like, so I, obviously I knew you guys. Wasn't him, obviously, <laughs> but like I, the lie and the way they presented it, packaged it was like, it was so subtle that it seemed like it was plausible at the same time. You know what I mean? I got the text and it just said, who is this guy? And you sent me the picture. And I thought it was the guy from the disaster artist, the guy, Tommy Wiseau from the, the, the movie that James Franco did. Oh, dude, you know, the room is the name of the movie, but the James Franco did it as this movie called the disaster artist. He got like nominated for Oscars for it. And like right away, I looked at him like, and you're like, that's Kirk Hammett. And I was like, no, it's not. It's not Kirk Hammett, dog. I, I, I knew it wasn't, but like he was so convincing, not because he's like, yeah, that's me. That's me. He was just like, he was just like kind of nodding. And the way he was introduced is like it, it, Kirk Hammett over there. But it was such a random name drop. Why in the yeah. fuck would you walk into a room of a bunch of random people and just throw out the fucking guitars for uh, Metallica. Metallica, Jesus Christ, man! You, you know, live, you, you live a rock star life, Dave. You really do. Without being a rock star, unbelievable. All right, let's get into music news real quick. Not a lot happened this week. We did get a lot of new music. We got Kane Brown dropped, King Von Heim dropped a new song, Joey Badass dropped a new song, New Chili Peppers, which I have to be honest, I haven't listened to yet. Did you get? I, into I, it? I listened to it when it came out. It's uh, it's quintessential Chili Peppers. Um, I didn't like the start of it. Um, uh, Anthony, I. I Butcher his last name. Ketis. Ketis. I always say Kritis. Ketis. Um, it, the first, like, minute or two, you're like, all right, come on. Like, let's get the show on the road. And then it fucking hits. And yeah. you get that 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 very, very specific um, Red Hot Chili Peppers melody and guitar. And the bass line fucking kills it. And it's it's Chili Peppers, man. It's vintage Chili Peppers, brand new. I, when's the new album drops the first, I think? I think so, yeah. I think, I, yo, question. Are the Red Hot Chili Peppers classic rock yet? Like, can you classify them as classic rock at this point? I mean, yeah, definitely. They've been around 40 years. Like, I know. They, it's, it really is crazy to think that, like, right now, like, we grew up with them, but that's fucking classic rock to these kids. And it's the same thing, like, when we were kids, like, that shit came out in, like, 70s and 80s. It was, like, the mid-90s, and we already considered it classic rock. Like, yeah, yeah, definitely. Like, I, yeah, I remember... I really got it because my dad doesn't fly. So whenever we go out to my grandparents in New Jersey, my dad would make me drive with them. And obviously this is like seat cassette tapes, um, then onto CDs and radio and all that. And that's when I, I was listening to my dad's music. I like fell in love with Led Zeppelin. One of my, probably after Sublime, Led Zeppelin is my all-time favorite band. And yeah, that was mid, I was born in 88. So I was seven, eight, nine years old in the mid late nineties. And that was classic rock. I, it's amazing music, you know, it is, it was open. And I guess technically now like the chili peppers and green day and shit are considered for kids, like classic and Weezer is classic rock to them now. For sure. Definitely. I mean, mid nineties, early mid nineties. 
Unbelievable. Like, and there's some bands that like have been around for way I longer than you think. Conversations because it makes me feel old. You're not old. Nah, time just yo, time moves differently now. It really does. Like 15 years back in the 70s was like you know, forever. 20 well, years my now. My sister told me this a long time ago and it freaked me the fuck out. And it makes perfect sense. So when you're born, all right, when you turn what so your your birthday, the day you're born from um to you're one years old. That's 100% of your life. One year was 100% of your life. So now one year, I'm 33 years old now. One year is one 33rd of your life, of my life specifically. So that just makes it seem shorter because it's only one 33rd of your life. And that is shorter, you know? So 100% of your life in the first, you know, if you're 10 years old, one year is 10% of your life. Now it's one 33rd. One out of 33 is smaller than one out of 10. And it may it, it makes it seem like it's going faster. It's already we're already a quarter of the way through 2022. That's crazy. That's fucking crazy. One question: Did you three chi in the middle of that conversation? Like that was some heavy shit right there, bro. I touched. I haven't touched three chi in a couple of days, actually. I uh, um, but that's like if you were on, if you were smoking weed and like someone hit you with that, I feel like you'd be like, whoa, just panic. I, I just panic. I think I was dying, but pretty much, pretty much. Uh, Chili Peppers are classic rock, man. Crazy to think. Uh, the one thing in music news I did want to cover real quick was yesterday, internet went crazy because Spotify went down. Do you, do you think this is a conspiracy theory in some way about Joe Rogan? Am I the only one who thinks that's something to do with it? I'm not going to lie. I didn't even know that. You didn't know Spotify went down? I did not. How long was it down for? Like four hours. No shit. Yeah, dude. Um, I want to put it past the crazies on the internet. Doug, it's all fine and dandy until uh, I go to look at my Spotify numbers for the day before for the band, and they're, like, cut in half because there was, like, half the day was gone. But do you use Spotify or Apple Music? I Spotify solely. I do, too. I don't like Apple Music. I, dude, Apple Music's interface looks like shit. Like, it just is so boring. Like, I don't know. Spotify's a better user experience. Like, I can find more playlists, my music, shit like that. I don't I'm know if I've ever used Apple Music, but I hate listening to podcasts on Apple, and that's why I never really did. And then they were obviously became more prevalent on Spotify over the last, I don't know, probably two years or so. And so that's why that's when podcasting started picking up for me. Cause I could listen on, but I didn't like Apple in that realm at all. Just for like, cause I mean, you're, you do like a thousand podcasts at this point, but like, do you guys care more about Apple or Spotify? It's it when So three years, I, we started new year's day of 2019 it was Apple, 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 Apple. Like, make sure your Apple numbers are fucking awesome. Like, that's all that mattered to them. And now it, there's a million different platforms. Uh, and we're, we're huge on YouTube now. Um, right. And so it's, it's like, it's, it's all even, I would say. It's all weighted the same. I'm a YouTube guy for my, spot, for my podcast. I'd like to see I, it. Yeah, I, I would say for, like, when I listen to Rogan, it's very rare that I listen on Spotify now. It's always yeah. YouTube. Um, 100%. and I like to just selectively listen to clips too. So if I see one clip that's 15 minutes long, instead of listening to the whole show, I'll just like, you know, be able to dabble that way. Dude, did do you know what the full send podcast is? I've heard of it. Yeah. The guys from Nelk, the full send boys, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Dude, did you see who they just got today? No. Donald Trump. It, I mean, they're actively trying to market him to, you know, 20 to 30 year olds. So dude, I mean, First off, conversation was actually electric. I just watched it. It was fucking he's, wild. He's objectively funny, man. He's funny. 
I said that out loud to myself. I was like, this guy's fucking hilarious. It's just less funny when he's in, got the nuclear codes. You know it's, what I'm saying? Right, <laughs> like, I know. He, he fucking runs his mouth too much. But, like, there was a tweet he had a couple of years ago, and I forget exactly what it was referenced. He probably got impeached or something. But <laughs> all he tweeted was in all caps, bullshit. And that's <laughs> objectively funny coming from the leader of the free world. Right. If he was a, I always say this, if Donald Trump was a cartoon character, it would be the funniest fucking thing ever. He, he, he's a South Park character. That's what he is. I don't know if you watch South Park, but I, I love South Park. I think it's a perfect, perfect, um, uh, like satirical look at everything going on in the world and they yeah. home run after home run. And he's a South Park character. 100%, dude. Uh, yeah, so slow week in music, but we did get through a lot. Before we get out of here, let's go in on the list, off the list. I'll start out. Uh, my on the list is Hall and Oates. I, I was, them. bro, I was bumping uh, Man Eater in the car earlier. There is no reason that two white dudes from the Philly suburbs should ever be that funky, ever be that soulful. There's no reason someone who looks like Daryl Hall with his albino long white hair should ever be that good. Hall and Oates is the fucking shit, dude. I love Hall and Oates. That's I'm like a band. Sure. That's a band that you forget to exist, but they have so many hits. Like so many fucking oh, a, bill, hits. a million, yeah. They got that one. Is that an Applebee's commercial? Uh, they got the one commercial that it plays like fuck. I, at least out here it does. Uh, I think it's Applebee's. And I usually hate when songs are ruined for me. Yep. But uh, what I got you want in it might be yeah, hard to handle. handle. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you make my dreams come true. Yeah, dreams come true. Thank you. Um, and. Uh, like every time that song pops on the commercial, I'm like, oh fuck yeah, we got a little Hall and Oates going. Yeah, dude, Hall and Oates is the shit. I just wanted to give a shout out to Hall and Oates. That's on my fucking list. Dave, who's on your list? On my list today, tis the season, March Madness. I I'm far from a basketball fan, um, but I got basketball on the TV right here. Uh, I, I'm an asshole, and I decided to buy. I I can't tell if you can see the. Uh, size I can, of the- uh, dude. I thought those were cinder blocks. I thought you were doing cinder blocks underneath the TV. <laughs> No, no, that's a it's a shitty stand. I'm mounting that thing, but it's 85 inches. Whew. That's a big fucking TV. I, yeah, I treated myself a little bit after the move, so uh, I'm gonna be parked in front of this thing, just watching basketball, 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 gambling, 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 and I, I'm I'm very excited. This is like the it's a, a kind of unofficial kickoff to summer. Hundred percent. And I'm not a bit. I'm a huge NBA guy. I'm not a big college basketball guy. But for this like fucking month, I'm yeah. in, dude. I'm Everybody fully invested. You have to. Yeah. I d- I just want to see like the smallest no name schools upset it's the dudes of the world. Yeah, it's, it's the best, dude. It's the best. Like you, like all these, like yeah. I'm just throwing random. Like who was it? It was uh Baltimore County Maryland Junior. Oh College. yeah, the, the, the Golden Retrievers. The 16 seed beating the shit out of Virginia. All these kids are going to be fucking working insurance salesman jobs. And they're just like, there'll be like those 10 kids on that team or however many kids will be trivia questions or the answer to trivia questions for the rest of time for all of eternity. And they can like, it's just so cool to me thinking like these guys are going to be meeting with their, you know, after work 10, 10 years down the road to get drinks at the bar and be like, remember that one time, boys, we fucking killed that fucking Virginia team. That once everybody was saying they were going to win it all. Like that's us boys. And it's like, you know, after their nine to five cube rat job, I love that kind of shit. Yeah, that is damn dude. You got me feeling sentimental about college basketball. Let's go dude. March madness. That's a good pick right there. I like that. Uh, yo, my off the list. This is actually a fucking crazy story. My off the list are bank robberies. Do you know who Ryan Coogler is? I don't believe so. 
Ryan Coogler is the director of uh, Black Panther, and he also directed Creed. Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, so Ryan, great, great fucking movies. Yeah, Creed is Ryan, great. Ryan Coogler went to the bank. He's, they're filming Black Panther 2 in Atlanta. And Ryan Coogler went to the bank, and it was during the pandemic, so he had a mask on. And he's a famous dude. They're right near the movie studio or whatever, and he went to go withdraw money from his bank account. And he went in. And uh, he went up to the teller and he didn't want to say, hi, I'm Ryan Coogler. Like, can I take this money out? Like, he didn't want to do that. So this is like the shittiest situation. He slid her a note, which is a classic bank robbery move, right? Yeah, it's like the first thing a bank robber does. What an idiot. So he slides the note and it says, I am Ryan Coogler. I would like $12,000. I just want to be discreet about this. Please take it out of my account. Here's my number. And the lady fucking smashed the button underneath the thing and the cops swarmed. They threw him in the cop car. Because they're like, oh, he's wearing a mask. He's taking mo-. Like, he just slid the fucking lady a note. I mean, so now- he kind of deserves it for no. being just a moron. Oh, my God. What but like, it's going to happen? This is, like, the weirdest situation ever to where it's like, okay, totally looks bad on the bank, le- like, the bank lady's part for, like, calling the cops, sliding the note like that. It looks really bad on the bank teller, but it's also, like, Ryan Coogler, like, why do the note thing? Why, why do the note thing? The note thing looks shady as fuck. I, 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 like I said, I fucking work on the internet. I live on the internet. I watch a ton of movies. That's what I do at night. I don't even watch fucking Sports Center anymore or anything. I've never heard of the guy. You ever heard of Ryan Coogler? I don't think so. I couldn't tell you what he fucking looks like. I mean, I, I would imagine that I, I'm probably in the minority with that. Probably. But, um, I don't, it's not like he's fucking, you know, Kanye. Yeah, West. that might have been a little bit of like an ego trip there. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, let me slide like, this hey, note. I'm Ryan Coogler, like that. And that's, no. and that's such a just fucking normal name. Man, that, like, I read that story and I was like, dude, there's so many angles here of being like, this is either like intense racism or just like the most fucking like backward story ever. But like, I read this and I was like, bank robberies off my list dude what a fuck because everything got sorted out like nothing happened like yeah, nothing yeah. happened like they all they said, part, yeah you got like, the money i mean i honestly think it's kind of funny oh dude but i mean like also like a note for like twelve thousand dollars is right in that sweet spot where it's like maybe a plausible amount of money to take out but it's also like just enough where it's like i don't know like it's not like you're asking for a billion dollars it's like twelve thousand dollars they might have that behind the register so it's like so, like i think of the town i always think of the town when i think of bank robberies fucking mm-hmm. Probably one of my favorite movies of all time. Great movie, yeah. Oh, my fucking God. But I read that story, and I was like, yeah, bank robbery is off my list, dude. Uh, Dave, who's off your list? Off my list. I had it in my head. Hangovers. I don't know if I've used this before, but last night, went to the Hawks game, and I think it's the first time I've I've closed down a bar during the week since pre-pandemic. So it was uh, myself, a high school buddy, uh, Chief from Barstool, and then um, just a ragtag crew after that. Of people that were at the Hawks game. We went to this bar like a block from where I live now and we closed it down and I woke up and I was like, fuck doing anything today. Oh, and yeah. I just got, so I got a grill from Weber. Yeah. Um, it is 4,000 pounds. So <laughs> my brother stayed at my place today cause they, they, someone had to be at uh, the apartment to sign for it when it got delivered. And they put, they left it on a fucking pallet in my parking spot and i'm like my brother's like dude this is like 300 pounds there's no way like i can't move this along so i'm like all right and he had to catch a flight to florida so i get there and they just left it in my parking spot and so i gotta figure out what to do with both my car and 
this fucking grill. It's going to be freezing and dark out. I don't want to build it tonight because I'm hungover. It's a fucking, it's going to be awful. Building shit hungover is like, I would rather you, I would, if you gave me the choice between taking a bullet to the brain or yep. building something, I'm taking that bullet to the brain. 100%. 100%. 100%. You know what though? I will say though, I I like the last time we got furniture, I was still in my phase in the life like where like it was all kind of like shitty furniture. And uh I'll never forget this as long as I live. Hungover on New Year's Eve, we had people coming over for a party. It was a housewarming party for our new house. And my wife didn't think we had enough furniture, so she ordered this fucking the most convoluted thing I've ever put together in my entire life. And it got there 45 minutes before people came over. So I'm speed building this giant desk for the living. Yo, I was like sitting there seething, hungover, just like I, you were, I would rather take a bullet to the brain. I agree. It's the, it's the fucking worst thing on earth. So that's off my list is building shit hungover. Well, that's a good way to end this. Jesus Christ. Uh, good luck with that. Uh, we'll be back next week, of course, with another episode. Uh, big thanks to Mark Agnese for being on this week. Oh, real quick. Want to give a shout out to our buddy, Corey Wong. Just had John Mayer on his podcast. Saw that, they, saw that. Bro, they had guitars amps mic'd so they were playing shit back and forth to each other mid podcast <sighs> chills dude. I, would, I would love to be a fly in that wall because their styles are like i and i can't speak technically to this but from what it sounds like to my ears they're like diametrically opposed to each other like totally opposite like yeah. cory cory wonk's sitting there on like fucking 18 notes and john mayer's doing yeah. like standard blue scaling um i, I call it john mayer scaling because he's fucking crazy but um, just totally different. I would love to just be sitting there with a beer in my hands, not saying a fucking word and just watching them like ping pong back and forth with each other. That's, that's my dream guest. I want John Mayer. That's my dream guest. Hey man, one day we're, we're, I don't know Roan well, but Roan's like fucking boys to John Mayer. And, uh, he, he was like at bachelor parties with them and shit. Like they're boys. They actually are friend friends, not like yeah. professional acquaintances or anything. But, uh, um, yeah, that'd be that'd be fucking awesome. I just that's a that's a human's brain I'd like to pick. I would love to know. Just talk to John Mayer about music. I'd like to talk to John Mayer about life. And uh, I discovered John Mayer in like the early two thousands, like continuum days. I discovered him from his uh, Dave Chappelle. He was on yep. Chappelle show, just fucking around with Dave Chappelle. I'm like, dude, musicians are usually like like musicians that good are a lot of times just weirdos. Yep. Like he's funny, dude. He's funny. He kind of had a twitchy phase when he likes kind of success rose, you know, yeah. um, got to his head a little bit. But I, I one of my favorite people on the planet. I think that would be an episode where you would just smile and sit in the corner. And I don't even think you know what to say. I, I don't know if I like when. So last night when this guy was claiming to be like, I've met a bunch of celebrities at this point. That's I'm I, that sounds super douchey. But like if fucking any player in the White Sox walked in the room, I'd be like, oh, what's up, man? Like yeah. when I heard Kirk Hammett, I was like starting to fanboy out. And then I'm like looking at him, trying, I'm like trying to take pictures of him, but make it look like I'm texting and shit. And uh, I was like, when I, when I heard Kirk Hammett, I, I could like see the back of his head in his hair. I'm like, holy fuck shit, dude. I'm like looking, I'm like, that's fucking Kirk Hammett. Like, <laughs> and then he turned around. You're like, that's not Kirk Hammett. I'm like, wait, hold on. I don't think that's Kirk Hammett. That's well, Kirk Hammett. Like that, that that's Herc Hammett. That's his fucking like uh, bizarro world. Yeah. Like, uh, all right. That's our that's our episode. We're gonna get out of here. Thank you very much to Dante and Dave for not being here. We really appreciate it. Uh thank Kenny, you to Mark Agnesi. What'd you say? Kenny, not me. You said oh, yeah, Kenny. sorry, I just instantly lumped these two together. Uh Dante and Kenny. 
Kenny's taking weed meetings and shit like that. Dante's got investor meetings. I'm going to the studio. Dave's got the dozen. We're getting out of here. Thank you guys. Love you guys. Yeah, be Bye. on uh, be on the lookout for the dozen that in is for the both the audience and you, Colin, uh, for your lifeline. So uh that's gonna be tough tonight, dude. I'm balls deep in the fucking studio. You might have to use Kenny tonight. Okay, I'll uh, I'll send a group chat. Send it I'll- in the group chat. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So all right. Love you guys. Uh, I'll catch you guys later.